This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey gang, welcome in. It's the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans and greetings from Studio B at the Osher Sports Performance Center. I am Sean Kelly and we're Glad to start a new week with you. We've got podcasts lined up for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for you this week. And we'll, of course, uh, be counting it down to that first preseason game on Thursday when the Saints head to Cleveland to take on uh, the Browns, led by Brock Osweiler. Don't you think the Browns would have learned from last year about naming a start anyway? We'll see what's up there. I just know this about the Browns. They've got a stacked offensive line. That might be a really good test for a Saints defense looking to improve their pass rush. I digress. Good visits today. We're going to focus in on linebackers today for the Saints, and we'll recap a little bit of last night's practice at Yulman Stadium at Tulane University. We're all Saints today. The, the Pelicans are awfully quiet right now. Later this week, I think we'll talk some Pelicans. Daniel Sowerson's going to go over to Anthony Davis's basketball camp at UNO and I think catch up with AD this week. And fingers crossed, as Daniel winks over this way, perhaps an NBA schedule by the end of the week as well. We'll see. Today, though, all Saints will first, uh, in just a moment, talk with Saints linebacker Craig Robertson. In our second segment, we'll check in with Saints linebackers coach uh, Mr. Nolan. And uh, if you remember, his father, Dick, was a coach briefly here in the 70s with the New Orleans Saints. But Mike is now in charge of the linebackers for the New Orleans Saints Visited with him, I think, last Friday it was, if not Thursday. But I want to play that for you uh, today. I think it's relevant, especially heading into the first preseason game, as the linebackers really are going to be a fun position group to watch. And I think fun in a good way. But there are a lot of question marks, a lot of things that need to be uh, sorted out. You know, just kind of, you know, put it into the sifter and just start working it back and forth here over the next couple of weeks, and we'll see how it all plays out. But I think, I think they're going to be good at this position. We're just going to have to see who, who's out there first, which guys play in which sub-packages and whatnot. Uh, a very good watch during the preseason. And then we'll wrap up with uh, Tulane Hall of Famer Steve Berrios, who enters his 35th year broadcasting Tulane football alongside Ty Graffinini. He was at the Saints practice last night at Tulane. Uh, great to catch up with Steve. I spent a couple of years with him in the broadcast booth, gosh, seemingly a long time ago, but from 02 to 05 early in my career here in New Orleans. But uh, Steve not only is a Tulane Hall of Famer, he played in the USFL. Remember the Breakers? Yep, he was a wide receiver with them. Uh, and also, I think, was involved in two different Saints training camps um, as well. So a guy who really knows the game. He's been around for a while, and we'll talk a little bit about this, I guess, working partnership between the Saints and the Green Wave, uh, use of facilities and all kinds of stuff and uh, Curtis Johnson's connection to both as well. So I think you'll find it to be pretty interesting, and, and Steve's always an engaging guy. Back to practice last night. Great crowd. I'd, I'd say easily 5,000 people, if not more, at Yeoman Stadium. It turned out to be a great weather night, a little humid, but not too bad. The Saints had gone pretty hard uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. May have kind of backed it down a little bit. It was shorts and shoulder pads and helmets. But still, they, they put in their full work, it's, it, it looked like. And, um, and while there were some guys that uh, were noticeably absent, Ryan Ramchek being one of those, 
There were also a couple of guys who kind of had the vet day off, including Ted Ginn Jr. Um, yesterday, Willie Sneed did not work. Uh, Delvin Bro did not work. P.J. Williams, I think, had the night off. Unclear whether it was scheduled night off or something else going on. Otherwise, Kobe Fleener was back. That was great to see. And uh, a lot of work was done in the passing game yesterday. Uh, by the way, Alex Okafor looked like Lawrence Taylor last night at practice. I don't know if that's because of who he was matched up against or he just had his best practice yet in camp, but but he was really good <laughs> rushing off the edge. So all in all, great practice that wrapped up just before 9 p.m. last night, and the Saints are back to work today. More on that in just a moment. Uh, last night, walking off of the field at Tulane, speaking of our linebacker focus today, we had a chance to catch up with Craig Robertson, who I think by a lot of observers would be perhaps a starter alongside A.J. Klein if we're looking for sure things at linebacker. I don't think it's a sure thing, but um, it wouldn't surprise me to say the least. Uh, anyway, got a chance to visit with Craig as he was walking off the field last night. Craig, tell me about tonight. First of all, at least at the very least, it's a change of pace to come over here to Tulane, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was definitely different uh, getting on buses and not just, you know, walking out into the heat. But, I mean, it was still pretty humid, uh, humid out here. But, I mean, it was good for us as a team to just have a change of scenery because we're going to play our first away game coming up in a couple of days. So it's obviously good to get acclimated to that. I get the feeling you guys are ready for a preseason game, aren't you? I mean, yeah, you – you kind of get tired of playing against your own players, but I mean, when you got players like we do, it's it's it's, it's fun competing against the same guys, knowing the caliber of offense that we have. But it'd be good, you know, showing our growth uh, competing with somebody else. Think if you think if you were in my position and looking for that that great watch during camp, would you agree with me that the linebacking room right now is maybe the most interesting watch out of all of them? I mean, you watch it as football. I watch it as us growing in the room because I'm inside of it every day. Just watching, you know, our young guys play and play faster every single day and guys just learning and the old guys just helping young guys and, and young guys may show the old dogs a couple of tricks that they may know, but that's the type of room we have and that's that's the type of room that we're going to have throughout the year. Tell me more about the young guys. What are you seeing in a guy like Anzalone, Big Hill, who's not a young guy, he's a 28, but he's yeah. a rookie still. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on, on what they've shown so far. So everybody has a unique niche, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's good at what they know. You got A.J. Smart, Stupar Smart, Marty, Marty's Smart, tough downhill. Anzalone, he's a big guy that can run and cover. Big Hill Smart brings a different attitude to the game playing in Canada. You know, route combinations happen a whole lot faster over there than they do over here. So just trying to read, you know, see what he may read on a certain uh, pass concept or run play or something, whatever. And then I... I'm just in the mix just trying to make everything. I'm trying to be the glue that's trying to make everything roll. But, you know, we, we, we definitely do a good job. Manti's there, smart football player there to help all our young guys, just everybody rolling together. I was talking to Zach Streif last week, and he was pleasantly surprised at how quick the chemistry between he and Larry Warford has come yeah. along. What would you say to the chemistry perhaps like with A.J. Klein next to you now? Uh, I mean, we're all good. I mean, it's not just A.J., it's the whole room. Yeah. Uh, we we made it a, a, a thing for all of us to be close. Close linebacker rooms, definitely, like, you got each other's back through everything. You know, we all we, we try to work out together. We all hang out in the locker room together. Like, we all got a group chat. It's just it's something you got to do. Like, so I can look at him. Before he even says something on the field, I need to know what he's thinking. You know, so we're trying to have that throughout the whole room. What have you learned most from Mike Nolan? Man, everything. You know, he's he's smart coach. And just, you know what I'm saying, just more the the intricacies of the game. Just, you know, hey, guys, we're going to get this. Let's just slide this way when you see this formation. It's just making us smarter uh, 
you know, just the little things that we would just, you know, kind of just let go. But he's just making sure that we make sure that we focus on these small things and get these uh, little things right. Craig, last thing, one more year under your belt. Yep. What are you better at now that you've never, that you're better at than, than anything else in your career before? Uh, man, to be honest, I, I don't even know. Is there something that either it's a confidence thing or just it's just time on task that you find yourself having more ease with, I guess, or or a new weapon that you can use on the field? be honest, man, probably just leading. Mm-hmm. Just not – I'm not really like a vocal rah-rah guy. Just, you know, just just like to keep guys accountable when, when that time comes. You know, I'm not a jump-down-your-throat guy either because I want – I want guys to be themselves, and guys, when guys are loose, they can be themselves. They go out and make plays. It's just guys, you know, hey, y'all keep me accountable. Let's keep each other accountable, and somebody got to say something, I will. Keep it up. Here's to a great week. Yes, sir. All right, good stuff from a very thoughtful guy. More on the linebackers in just a moment with linebackers coach Mike Nolan, and then our uh, last guest of the day today, Steve Berrios uh, of the Tulane Green Wave radio broadcast team. Stay with us. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, first of all, your transition to the staff, how smoothly has it gone? <laughs> That's a question for the other guys maybe, but uh, for me it's been good. I've really enjoyed it. And actually moving to New Orleans, I lived here as a kid for a little while, but uh, it's fun to come back. Uh, we live in Uptown, and, and everything from transition from the football to, to living here has really been uh, seamless for the most part. We've really enjoyed it. The word I keep hearing most when folks are describing you is teacher. All your players have described you more as a teacher than anything else so far So in this camp. That must make you feel good. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, because I think the objective of a position coach is really to be able to make your players better so they perform better naturally. And I think players will always gravitate toward that. You know, a lot of times people will ask, you know, how do you get them to listen to you, this and that. Players want to be good, and if they feel like you can give them something, uh, then they're going to listen. And uh, so that's nice of them to say, and hopefully that's the truth throughout. Mike, how differently do you teach now as opposed to, say, earlier in your career or even in a different role of your career? You know, it's interesting. I would say the biggest difference between early in my career, I was, I was 27 when I got in the National Football League, so I was the same age or younger than some of the guys I coached. And the difference is really that at that time, I kind of kept, I tried to keep my space from guys because, I, you know, you got to give them bad news from time to time. And if you're kind of a peer of that guy, mm-hmm. it's hard to give bad news different than it is when you're the parent, so to speak, or if I go anymore, I'll be a grandparent. But uh, anyhow, so I think that's the biggest difference. It really doesn't have to do with anything else. It's more just that, that like I said, the, uh, a peer versus being a parent. With you as the teacher, then, tell me about some of your students there in that linebacker room. Mm. Well, it's a good group. It's a competitive group. It's a versatile group. Very coachable, every one of them. All of them good communicators. It's easy to speak with each and every one of them. Um, uh, they're good listeners. Um, so as a group, you know, collectively, that's what they are. Individually, I guess everybody has their own little set of skills, but there's a lot of competition in the group. That, that's probably the most encouraging thing from a team aspect and giving us the opportunity to win is there's really good competition um, to go along with that versatility. 
AJ Klein's a guy that we're still trying to get to know a little bit, and I'm watching him on the field and trying to learn as best I can about him in, in this sense. Mm -hmm. What's something about AJ Klein that I, that I can't get by just watching practice? That you can't get? Geez, I tell you what, one of the nice things about AJ is you can get most of it by watching him. You can even get some of his personality by watching him because he's an aggressive guy. Um, it's very important to him. He's a vocal guy. Um, he takes charge, um, right or wrong, he takes charge, which is really what you want your guys because he's just fitting into the scheme himself. But uh, those are really, like I said, the, the, the thing that you, you can see everything about him. It's, it's, and that's a nice thing. You don't miss anything. With this group and so much versatility, Coach, and, and, and I guess the numbers that you have, the depth there, at this point in camp, what's a sure thing and what isn't when you talk about that position group? Well, well, nothing's a sure thing. I'd like to say it was, but it's not. Um, I don't know that we really have any stars, per se. We just got a good group. Um, they're a solid group, and uh, uh, collectively, we should be able to, you know, naturally staying healthy will be great, but collectively, it really should, we should have some strength as a unit in order to help us win because, you know, when it's just one level, one deep, it's very hard sometimes because guys get nicked and there's a big separation between one and one and twos. In this group, our ones and twos are pretty close. Is it harder or easier to teach the, the new guys as opposed to a guy like A.J. Klein who's been in the league a little bit? And I guess where I'm going with this is Anzalone. Mm -hmm. Well, naturally, the rookie always takes more time, more yeah. coaching, but the, the better the rookie player that comes in, uh, the more educated he is from a college standpoint, his maturity not only as a player but also the mental thing as well as physical is what I meant. Um, that's that's really important. And in a case like like Alex, he's uh, look, he's got all the, the things physically that you need to play the position. He comes from a really good program, a really good defense. So all that stuff, his expectation level is high. And that's one of the things you want to have in a rookie is you want them to expect not only themselves to play well, but the things around them to look a certain way. And if they do, then they kind of fit in. If they don't, then they don't fit in. Mm -hmm, fair enough. Coach Payton said at the start of camp, at least early on here, he likes moving those linebackers around into different roles. So AJ may be the Mike one day. You may move him over a little Will here, Steph Anthony at different spots as well. What is the benefit, Coach, of moving those guys around into different spots throughout this portion of camp? As a player, to have an understanding of all the jobs mm -hmm. uh, helps you do your job better. Because when you are asked to do something, you know, it's nice to know, okay, that guy's supposed to fit there, and I know that because I played there, and so therefore I know where he's going to be. Um, and uh, that's the biggest, that's why it's important, I think, to get, you know, some, some action at different positions. Um, and the other thing it does for us is it gives us an opportunity to evaluate and get our best 11 on the field. And at linebacker, naturally trying to get our best three or two on the field, depending on what subgroup we're in. Um, so that's really the biggest thing, moving around, get, you know, get them in the best spots where they're the best. You know, some of it is sometimes just to put your best 11 out there, knowing that a couple guys might have been out, out of position, but at least it gives you a chance to take a look at them and see what they can do. We've already been doing a lot of that. Indeed. Coach, when we have seen you work with your guys uh, throughout training camp and even probably through a good portion of the regular season, will there come a point where we'll be able to say those are Mike Nolan linebackers, and why would we say that? What would that characteristic be? Mm, wow, that's a good question. Well, I think the most important thing in being a player is somebody that's disruptive, not only just making plays, but also getting the ball. The thing that I would feel best about, not only for myself, but more importantly for the player and for the team, would be if we're getting the ball, you know, we're a disruptive team. Um, look, making tackles is part of it and all that, but when you when you really step your game up and are a good player, you're around the ball. Whether it's a batted ball, strip fumble, you're just around the ball a lot. And that would be the thing that, that, I, that I'd like it to look like for everyone's sake. All the best, Coach. Good luck. Appreciate it. Yep. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. 
The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Well, talk about a special treat for me, getting to watch the Saints practice at Ullman Stadium at Tulane University with my old broadcast partner, who's a Tulane Hall of Famer, former USFL player, had some time with the Saints. Steve Berrios, it's great to have you here and and share a great experience between the Saints and Tulane with me tonight. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Sean, yeah. for inviting me to be here tonight. And as you said, it is a great experience. Uh, you know, when I was a... Uh, freshman at Tulane even my freshman junior my whole career there we would actually have to wait till the Saints finished playing their games on Sundays before we could go out on the field and practice we are we're on the footprint right of where Saints history began I guess this would be the old Sugar Bowl Stadium right or at least shifted a little bit yeah pretty much this you know Yeoman Stadium does take up a lot of the blueprint of the original Sugar Bowl Stadium but, uh, you know, this is such a great facility, and it's so great to have football back on campus. Well, there's no doubt about that. I remember doing the games with you at the Superdome, and I, I think there, at a, at there was a time that was appropriate to have Tulane playing their home games there, but the time had also come to do something back home on campus again. Steve, did it, did it come too late? Is it just the right time? The facility's fantastic. I know that. Well, I don't think it, it really came too late, but it's, it's glad, I'm glad that they're back. I know the, the student body is glad that they're back. And, you know, you can get 30,000 people in a dome for a two-lane game, and it's empty. All right? You get 30,000 people in here, and you got a great crowd and a ruckus crowd. So it's, it's, really, it's really great to have two-lane football back on campus. This is the second time the Saints have practiced here. It was two years ago was their first time. Seems to be just as successful tonight. And, Steve, this partnership now that's kind of blossomed, I think, probably dating back to when C.J. Curtis Johnson became the head coach of Tulane, the two of them using each other's facilities and, and working hand-in-hand, hand, I think that's great for our city, don't you? I really do, and, and you, know, you can't say enough about Mr. Benson. You know, He actually put up enough money and donated enough money to have this field named after himself, and the relationship with Curtis Johnson as the Tulane head coach and Sean Payton allowing Tulane to practice at their indoor facility when they need to and also have the Saints come out here and practice. Just a great relationship all the way around. I know the Saints are thrilled to have C.J. back on their coaching staff. I know you you two saw each other before practice tonight. What did you have to share with each other? Well, it was just great to see him and, you know, have him back in New Orleans. That's where he belongs. He's, he's, you know, he's a New Orleans guy. Chicago, snow, no, that's not his thing. So I know he's glad to be back. For you, Steve, as a guy who played wide receiver at, at a high level, you see the game differently than I do and that most people will in this stadium tonight. When you watch, whether it be a two-lane practice or an NFL practice tonight, what are the things that catch your eye? What do you see differently than maybe most of the rest of us? Well, the thing that I see is just the way the game's progressed, okay? So much uh, technology, number one, you know, just the way drills are run differently, the equipment, you know, everything like that, the timing of the drills, uh, everything is just too, you know, run down to a T. And I, so I would say, you know, the whole finesse of the uh, practices and the finesse of the game has just really changed. And technology has a lot to do with that. 
at the risk of asking you this way too early, your thoughts on Tulane football going into this fall? Now another another season under Willie Fritz's belt here in Uptown. Well, I think Coach Fritz, uh, you know, came in with some great expectations last year, and really, Sean, we were we were two games away from going to a bowl. Okay, a fourth quarter lead against Navy, we let get away, and then not being able to score against Wake Forest at Wake Forest. But uh, he's back. Coach Fritz is back with his entire staff. This guy, Coach Fritz, has been a winner every place he's been. And I think it's going to be a great year under him this year with uh, Jonathan Banks at quarterback. That's one thing we really didn't have last year was a true quarterback. And uh, that's what you nearly need in his offense. Yeah, Grambling will be here on September 2nd. Am I am I wrong in saying that Tulane and Grambling have yet to meet in a regular season game in football? Is this the first meeting all time? I, to my recollection, I think it is. Wow. So it should be a great game. Grambling has uh, got a great program. They did a great job last year. They won the, uh, you know, the, the, the game here in, in New Orleans. So it's it's a game that Tulane cannot take lightly. Grandma's going to come in here looking, you know, to beat the wave. And so Tulane's going to have to play bring their A game. I buried the lead a little bit here. You're beginning your 35th season as the radio analyst for the Tulane Football Radio Network. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, what what comes to mind when I say 35 years in this job? Well, I tell you, it was like, uh, you know, if I could make it to 10, it would have been fine. And then it was 20. Then it came to 25 and 30 and now, you know, 35. And, again, when I look back on all the uh, the people that I really owe a lot to as far as my broadcast career and, uh, you know, you being one of the guys that came in and uh, were just a great partner. So uh, it, it's just been a great experience all the way around. Has the joy stayed the same, or has it changed over the years? No, it's pretty much stayed the same, except travel is getting a little harder, okay? It's, I'm getting a lot older. The uh, bumps and bruises, the uh, seven operations, okay, three on the back, uh, taking its toll. So the longer the road trips get, the worst, uh, the worst I get. But uh, it's something I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this year and looking forward to a winning season. Favorite player? Is that too hard of a question? Favorite player that you've seen come through those 35 years? Golly, there's so many of them. But, uh, you know, you talk about Matt Forte, Moeldy Moore, Patrick Ramsey, Sean King, okay, Uh, Mark Zeno. You know, he broke a NCAA record that had stood since 1968. So there's just been so many great players that I've witnessed but also the guys that I played with. I played on a 1970 Liberty Bowl team that's being inducted into the Tulane Hall of Fame. And off that one Liberty Bowl team, there were seven individual Hall of Famers. That's incredible. I love the fact they're going to finally bring that whole team into the fold this year. Steve, you held some records here. And a lot of times guys get upset when their records get broken. Others say records are made to be broken and they relish the moment, especially when they can see a young man break their record uh what about you how does that fall in your in your lap well i tell you you know if if somebody breaks it more more power to them but uh the the big the big thing now is that you know i had a i was the first receiver in tulane history to go over a thousand yards in a career there are guys that go a thousand yards every season so now it's it's just a totally different thing and you know my average per catch for a season i think was 25 yards and for a career it might have been 22 yards 
So though, though, that's going to be hard to break simply because of the number of passes that these guys are catching every year. They called you big play Berrios, didn't they? <laughs> well, <laughs> I tell you what, it was kind of funny because when it was third and short, we ran the ball, and when it was third and long, we ran the ball. <laughs> so when we got the opportunity to pass, I tried to take advantage of it. I hope you enjoy this 35th season. I hope there are many more after that. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Sean. It was great seeing Steve last night, that's for sure. Enjoyed the visit and uh, his company during practice. Thanks, as always, to you for listening today, and a special thanks as well to our guest, Mike Nolan and Craig Robertson. Daniel Sowerson, our producer, uh, is going to be with us later this week for some basketball. Looking forward to that. Gosh, I really want to see that NBA schedule before this week is said and done. So we'll look forward to that again. Fingers crossed. Uh, the Saints are back on the practice field today. It is a closed practice. We're going late afternoon, like 3.30 to 5.30-ish is the plan. Uh, and then tomorrow is a scheduled, quote-unquote, day off before Wednesday's, uh, got, I guess, probably kind of you know pregame walkthrough and then travel to Cleveland. Uh, we'll have another podcast for you on Wednesday. We'll preview the Browns and Saints for you on uh, Thursday night in that Wednesday Black and Blue report. And then uh, back on Friday as well to wrap up the game and, and more. And uh, I think some good friends will be here on Friday to uh, wrap up our week on the Black and Blue Report. That'll do it for me. I'm Sean Kelly. Great to have you along. Look for us as always at NewOrleansSaints.com and always ongoing coverage at Pelicans.com for the basketball side of things here at the Osher Sports Performance Center. Have a great rest of your Monday or Tuesday if you catch our podcast a day late. No worries. No appointment radio is yours. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, this is the Black and Blue Report.